This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Go Morning, ahead, boys. Riv. This is your episode. This is episode ten. Rivs, Rivs is dominating. He's got all the co- all the uh, all the questions. He's got all the topics. Fire like away. I have said before, I'm very clear with my, my position on this team. I am certainly Batman, or I am not Batman. I am Robin. So I'm sitting in the little sidecar there, uh, Jr. <laughs> but listen, I see the I see the clouds beside behind you, the light blue sky. Where are we today, Carmen San Diego? So yeah, so life life with Jr. Where is Jr. today? Um, I am in Arizona, and as you can see, it is beautiful. Uh, the, the mountains behind me. The weather's perfect. It's golf weather, so I am here actually getting ready to play with Brian Erlacher in a in a golf event that is made for television. A uh, little one-on-one um, competition, me versus Brian. And one Hall of Famer to, um, to hopefully to another. No, 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 no. Listen to a future, to a future, future fifteen years from now Hall of Famer when I'm close to my deathbed. Listen, (laughs) Jr. We're not getting into that conversation today, but I absolutely do think that you can refer to yourself as a Hall of Famer. And everybody listening, I will tell you, they know that you are not in for some kind of a political. Or maybe it's not even political, but a, but an old boys kind of a network or something, some feather that you ruffled along the way that somebody you, can't handle. I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I appreciate that. I love you forever, forever, for a lot of reasons and, and for your kind comments. But there is one thing I'm a Hall of Famer at, and there's no question about it. And that's, that's being very honest, and that's being forthright, and that's being good on television and telling it like it is, and sometimes pissing people off. And I know that I was good and I know that I'm good on camera because I talk way too much. I say probably more than I should. And watching some of the stuff that I've watched on television over the last couple of weeks with what these guys are saying, how they're saying it and how fucking boring that it is. I, I listen, I feel I am a hall of famer. I'm a hall of famer <laughs> as television goes, as television goes, I am a hall of famer, hundred percent. I well, love it on the ice too. So, you, so you're golfing with Brian Erlacher. So, how, how does that come about? Because did you guys, you guys obviously cross paths with your time in uh, Chicago when he was there, being absolutely dominant with the Bears. Yeah. So you guys know, you know, obviously we we do a lot of charity things together. Um, you know, as athletes, you go to a charity event, um, you raise sports or business or entertainment. And there's just such, there are a few people that really you, that you know you're going to be great friends with forever, right? You just feel it. You, you feel the, the chemistry. You love their personality. Um, there's not a minute that doesn't go by that you don't have a good time with that person. And, you know, Brian Erlacher is that for me. He's a great friend. And we're actually going on a golf trip to Mayakama up in Napa, me. And I'm bringing Tamer Solani with me also next month. So. Uh, two yeah. of my favorite guys in the world, but he is awesome. And when you have friends like that, you, you try to be with him as much as, as much as possible. Now, how I many, ask him, I ask him to do these events with me a lot. How many years has he been retired? Uh, I think he's, I think he's about eight years now, eight or nine years. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, how, yeah, you know, when, when you, when you speak with him and you talk uh, with you know, former professional athletes and he played a really long time in the NFL, mm-hmm. You know, how is his body doing? How is he feeling physically and mentally, you know, now that he's away from the game? Really good. He's actually, he's actually like a world-class um, bike rider. Like, he, he, he's a mountain bike freak. He took me out my, mountain biking um, a couple of years ago, and he literally kicked the shit out of me. I mean, this guy is an absolute animal on a mountain bike, and he's in great shape still. Uh, I, you know, I don't know anything about his head or whether he's, he's had many concussions. He seems to be really with it all the time, uh, but he's in great shape still and uh, wow. takes care of himself. Yeah. That's he a big, great. that's a big man on a bike. Big man on a bike. You should oh, see how man. high his seat is. His highest his seat is all the way up to my armpits. It's crazy. Uh, I'm just, I knew, I knew I read a, an unbelievable article about Erlacher years ago. 
and I just pulled it up here and I'm sure you already know about it, but he's just, he's very, he was very open about his whole career and uh, he was on real sports talking about, you know, uh, you know, basically what he had to do to play. Right. Like he was a wild man. I like, he was like, everybody always said that Brian Erlacher, when you played against Brian Erlacher, you, you feared him. Like he was just, he was in control on the field. What's that? He punished you. Yeah. He punishes you. I mean, he was a vintage linebacker, right? I mean, you look at some of the best in, in the game, you know, Lawrence Taylor, all these guys that you literally look in the, their eyes and you know that when he gets near you, you're going to feel some pain. And that's how Brian played every down. So l- let me ask you this. Uh, how long How long do we have you for today? We've been beyond it. Like, I, I, know, I know you're busy. As long so as you want. Like, as long okay. as you want. Well, there's a reason. I got I got a couple things like I want to I want to talk to you about. We like Riv has hockey stuff. When we got to talk Bob Murray because you know him, right? Like, I, yeah. and we got to talk some other stuff. Like Cole Caulfield's dad. I'll tell you about what happened there and everything. But um, starting to think this kid's a bit of a problem child. But we'll, we can talk about that a little later. But yesterday, my kids ate. He's really into basketball, so he's into basketball cards. But he also likes hockey cards, right? So we I went downstairs yesterday to my basement. I grabbed I have a box of cards, old cards like from when I was a kid, but from way before I was a kid that one of my friend's dads gave me bags. Mr. Montgomery, who was drafted by the Atlanta flames, you know, had bags of cards, just gave me bags of cards. Right. So I went through and I found all these cards and uh, I found a cup. I found three. I brought three to the table today. Okay. Okay. There's two of them. Okay. Here's number one. I found this. This was mine when I was a kid, still have it. Look at the condition it's in. You recognize this guy. Wow, awesome. That's in my rookie year. That's my first that a rookie year card? That's my first year in the league. And the way the reason why you know it is because I'm using a wood stick. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why I had to use a wood stick is because that year I was playing half the year in junior with the Hall Olympics and half the year with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now the reason why I'm using the wood Victoria Bill um, stick is because the Quebec Major Junior League at that time. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe they were they were big time liberals or whatever, but they made you wear full make face mask, neck guards, and you couldn't use aluminum hockey sticks for whatever stupid reason. The Quebec Major Junior had that had that rule, so I couldn't use my aluminum sticks that I used as a young kid. So I had to go to wood stick, and that was the stick. So that's how I know that that was my first year in the league. That literally my 1988 89 card number two bam that's the same card same card just just so you guys want proof that there's two of them there okay last card and this this is a rookie card also from 1980 okay so it's not you jr um Mm -hmm. and this one is i pulled this one out for craig because i think craig's gonna tell you a great story about this guy okay okay Mm -hmm. here we go are you ready and kaboom Andy Moog rookie card. Wow, look at that card. <laughs> no, I don't know awesome. if I painted everything kind of red or pink and it faded or if the card did was like that for whatever reason, but either way, it's it's clear it's not in mint condition, but anyway, what I, year I is that Pete? I, 1980. Oh. I think Andy Moog was in net uh, when I scored my first 50th goal in Boston. I think he was a goaltender that I scored my first 50th goal. I'm not 100% sure, but I scored a few goals on Andy, but I think that was that was my 50th goal against big Andy Mo or little Andy Moog at the time. Well, that yeah. was 1980. Well, I'm sure I'm sure all those goals got to him because he started a new routine, eh, Riv? Yeah, he was, uh, JR, he was my first roommate. No way. So in, 19, in the 1994-95 season, no, it would have been 95, 96. So it would have been my second year. I ended up getting called up and uh, they ended up putting me with Andy Moog. So Andy Moog at the time, he was you know, I 36. Even, I didn't even know goaltenders had roommates. Uh, <laughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't after this story. So I'm a 20-year-old, 21-year-old uh, defenseman that gets called up from the minors. I was scared out of my majesus. Not like these young guys today that, you know, they get called up and they think they should be running the number one power play and playing 25 minutes a night. 
But I was just or happy to be that there. Gets bullying on social media when the visiting yeah. team says, "Hey, are you playing tonight?" Because you you played like shit in the first period. But go ahead, we'll talk about that later. Just another so example. Of I, I get called up. I get called up, and uh, you know, I, I'm waking up in the morning. Okay, I'm laying in my bed, and I can hear my roommate grunting, like like this. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to roll over and see what's going on over there. Yeah, you're afraid he's rolling so, out. <laughs> so finally, was, so was, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was, was the uh, was the the, uh, the hand cream from the bathroom next? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, I ended up rolling over, and I look, and I I I had the worst sight I have ever seen in my entire life. But a 36-year-old guy that had a body of a 75-year-old, and he was stretching in between the beds. So he had a towel down, he was stretching, and he was stretching, obviously, his back because his legs were over top of his head, and I get the full moon right some, in my you know, face got what you so, call so sunny side up eggs and <laughs> that was so, that's, so that's room service so, riff <laughs> so he didn't even bother to put on a pair of shorts to start stretching he just gave you the straight straight yeah. uh straight dirty eye at you <laughs> yes oh my god he gave you the straight, dirty eye. That is disgusting. <laughs> hey, I'm Ricky, like, welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the league. Which way were you facing? Were you at least facing the wall, or did you wake up kind of on your stomach with your head kind of turned to the middle? So the middle? My, my bed was closest to the window. I was laying on my one side facing the window, and with all this grunting and moaning and stuff, I just kind of like turn, lean back over, and right when I leaned over, I had the full moon, right, and all the salad and sausage and everything else was right there in my face. And all I, I can think like, about is the movie, movie Flex oh. Jr. when he goes, uh, "Moon River, <laughs> Moon River." <laughs> wasn't there an elephant? Wasn't there an elephant named Babar? You got, uh, you got the whole hit. You got the whole hand in there, Doc. <laughs> yeah, using the whole fist there, Doc. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, that's that's why I pulled that's it. Awesome. I'd heard that story before. Great, I'd heard that story, and I, I was like, so when I saw this, I chuckled. Riff, I'm chuckling. Uh, Brody turns to me because he's going through all my cards. He's like, Dad, what are you laughing? At? I was like, No, that I got, I got, Dad's got to save this one for tomorrow. So anyway, that's awesome. Uh, so I will have to say, I will have to say, Riv, congratulations for being able to, um, to, to come back from that devastating. <laughs> brain and mental image and becoming the person that you are because that, that's a tough one that's a tough one to overcome were you yeah. in the league or was that training camp but just for clarity no it was we, it was in the league we were on the road oh my god okay so wonderful so well nice little uh nice little intro story i, I jr so i i sent you guys a text this morning and i i had an unbelievable experience on monday so but I, I need your advice on something because I, I don't know if, if I, I don't know how I acted, but have you ever had a 41 year old man come up to you when you were like in, in your prime or whatever, or even now and just be like, Oh my God, I loved you when you played. You have no idea. I was here when you scored this goal. I was there. I followed your career. I, you know, my kid has your Jersey. Have you ever had like, and I'm asking you this because Riv, no offense, but it's JR. I mean, you're Riv, and it might have happened in Montreal, but more likely, it certainly hasn't happened to me. But I'm sure, I'm sure it might have happened to you because I, I, I'm fearful I embarrassed myself the other day, but, but you can clarify it for me. But has that ever happened to you? Yeah, it happens, happens a lot, actually. And it's, 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 a, great, it's a great feeling, no, no matter when. I don't even care who, how old the person is. It's, it, it's a gratifying feeling. It happens to me quite often, yes. Yeah. Well, Why? What do you got, Petey? Well, okay, so it's it's like there, it, there's a long it's it, it's a long story, and I'll try to keep it as short as possible. But so I met a band the other day that has that was so influential to me, and I like and I'd say in my life. I mean, I still listen to them this day. I think they're still putting out really good music. In fact, I think their latest album is is as good as they've ever been. And he acknowledged that when I met him the other day at this private. 20 person 
concert day of the concert uh thank you to the edge 103.3 here in buffalo they had an edge session with our lady peace and rain Maida, mike Maida is his real name and duncan coots rob coots is his is his stage name or duncan's is i can't remember but either way coots uh like they went to ridley college my father was the athletic director at ridley college for 30 years in their time no Okay. No way. So, so they had crossed paths. Now my dad's honest when he says like, I, yes, I, I remember Maida and I remember Coots for sure. But he said Maida was, he, he feels like Maida was on the other side of campus. So he might not have bumped into him as often, but I feel like Coots was near my father's, you know, area where he was regularly around. So long story short, I'm 15, 16 years old. So I'm, you know, I'm 18, I'm born in 80s. So this is 1995, 96. They come out with their first album. Okay. Uh, it has Navid on it and it, you know, they, they became really big in Canada, but more importantly, because Craig, I know you've heard of them, right? Yep. So more importantly, I didn't, I didn't know that they were from Ridley. I didn't know that they'd come to Ridley, but I was running around the school there when they were there. My mom remembers those, those two guys. So I'm, I, long story short, they come out with a couple albums. I'm playing junior hockey. I listened to them all the time, like all the time. That was a staple CD everywhere I went. And for those kids that are listening, CDs are compact discs. So <laughs> yeah, it's a shame you have to say that. Eh? But, I know, right? but so anyway, so I'm sitting at home. Now, my father was a, was a, a, a department head. So he had a house right, pretty much like right on campus, like right on Ridley Road. Okay. And we, so we grew up right at, at the school there. And one day I was home for Christmas when I was playing for the Oshawa Generals and I didn't have my driver's license. My dad's were sitting in the window talking and my dad just looks out the window and he's like, I think that's Dorland was one of the students that went there that Coots was buddies with. And he goes, and I think that's Coots from Our Lady Peace. I was like, shut the fuck up. That's it. And I'm really, and I looked out the window and I went to the other side of the house and I looked, I said, do you think that's him? And I said, and I, now granted, I'm, I'm having, I'm ranked in the first, second round of the NHL draft. I listen to Our Lady Peace. They're not the reason why, but they're, I listen to him, right? So I, I, I get my dad's car. I take his car, his sob, and I run, I drive down the road and I pull over and I, I introduce myself and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard about your hockey career. Good for you. Good luck. Blah, blah. It was like five minutes. He leaves. I've seen them in concert three times. I got tickets to go see them on Monday night. I get lucky and get to go to this thing on Monday afternoon. And it's at the town ballroom in Buffalo. And I'd only ever been there as uh, doing Ryan Miller's event. So I only knew how to get in the back door. Hey, so JR. Thank God we're getting the short version. Guys, no, listen, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Petey, go ahead. I'm sorry. JR, am I killing you here? Am I killing you? No, no. Oh, not at all, hurry buddy. up. I'm, 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 I'm enthralled. Okay. And I appreciate that because, you know, Rivs is Rivs. But anyway, so I'm driving down the street and I'm looking for parking. And all of a sudden I'm, I see, I see their bus, but I didn't think they would be, I didn't know anything. I didn't think they'd be there. I didn't know where they were coming. I'm just driving down looking for parking. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. I slow down and here's Coots, Rob Coots coming out of, coming out of the back to the bus. So I, I, I slow down and I, 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 I wave to him through the window and I roll my window down and he waves and he comes up and I go, Mr. Coots. He's like, yeah. And I, and I said, I'm Sandy Peters son from Ridley college. My name is Andrew Peters. And he said, Oh my God. He said, I could hear it in the voice. He's like, how's it going? I said, and I, I didn't know how much time I'd have with him. And I'm like, listen, I didn't know if I'd ever be able to see you or get a chance to say this. I said, but you guys were in my ear, my whole career. I said, you have no idea what you've meant to me, uh, your music and just, just everything. He, I said, just, you guys went to Ridley. I went to Ridley you guys made it. And I always thought like I could try to make it like you, you know what I mean? And he's like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you pull over up here? So I pull over and, and I'm like, can I, you know, he comes up to my window and I'm like, do you mind if I get out of the car? And I just stood up and I shook his hand and, and we talked, he gave me about 10 minutes of his time. And I just, I said, and I'm like, listen, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm 41. I said, I don't know how cheesy this is. I said, but I just need to tell you again. I fucking love you guys. I said, you have awesome. no idea. I said, you are the man. I said, I love your band. I love your music. I said, my, you know, and I said, I'll see you inside basically because I'm going into this thing. 
So we go inside. I watch this five song little intimate kind of concert thing for 20, you know, super fans. And, and uh, I walk up to the stage after. So Rain Maid is done and he goes, hey, uh, we'll see you guys tonight if you're coming to the show. So clearly, I, I think that's kind of his way of saying like, see ya, right? Yeah. So uh, what, do, what, yep. what, what do I do, JR? I fucking go to the stage. <laughs> He's folding up his guitar in the box and I go, hey, Rain, you got a second? I didn't say minute. Because I've had people come up to me too. And I, I, I mean, I know what it's like to be annoyed sometimes, right? A timing, bad timing. I'm sure you have too, guys. And I said, Rain, do you got a second? He's like, yeah, hold on. And he didn't seem to like kind of into it at first, right? Accepted, accepted, yeah, receptive. So I said, uh, he comes over and I, I dropped the Ridley thing right away. I'm like, hey, listen, I said, my father was the athletic director at Ridley College, Sandy Peters. I said, when you were there, I said, I was a little kid. I said, uh, my name is Andrew. And he's like, oh my God, how you doing? And he kneels down. And he's like, cause he's on the stage. He starts chatting with me or whatever. I get like maybe two minutes with him. Asked about my kid, whatever, my short time in Buffalo. And I literally turned to him and I said, I know this is, I said the same thing I said to Coots. I said, I know this is going to sound cheesy. I said, I'm 41 years old. I said, but you guys were in my ear through my whole hockey career. I said, I mean my whole career. And even to this day, I said, so congratulations on all your success. Thank you so much. And then he was a great athlete. My dad told me to say, so I said, my dad wanted me to say something to you. And I promised him I would. He said, tell Maida to get his fucking football equipment in on time. You know, cause, because I guess all the football yeah, players. Sure, yeah, like, but, yeah. but he, he looked he, and he's like, that's unreal. He said, tell your father. I said, hello. Gave me a little fist bump and off we went. That's it? That's cool stuff, right? I got to you be able to... You didn't, you didn't tell him to get the guitar out of the, uh, the case and the let's play a couple... Yeah. Or sign it for me? Or sign you it for me? I understand. The, the, this guy is like, he's... He, I can't believe they're, they're big where I come from, where Riv, where we come from in Canada. But I, I mean, with the talent that he has and, and everything, I mean, guys, phenomenally talented. You were starstruck. Yeah, I... I think I was, and I only get that way if I meet musicians, I think, because I've met actors and actresses and lots of uh, legendary athletes by luck through events and things like that. But when I meet a musician that I love, like I am just, it's like. They are pretty cool. You sent me that song. You sent me that song. I listened to it. They have a really cool sound. It's almost like a, like a mix between the cult and Pearl Jam, right? Yes. Yeah, really I sent you Starseed. Really, yeah. Really cool. Really cool song. I, I, can, I can see why you listened to that before before a game it's pretty pretty exciting well I, I mean i was kind of embarrassed i mean to be quite honest with you but i'm sitting there and i'm like i gotta say this man it's like my one chance it's my one chance to to be able to tell them and i don't know do they want to hear that i don't know i don't know hmm. did you want to hear that? yeah i don't of course know they do. Uh, I mean, either of course way they do. Either, either way i'm sitting there. i did i did say one thing to coot so now, that, now i will i will say this i'm sure it meant a little bit more coming from you obviously you know coming from a, a professional athlete coming from somebody from their hometown they knew your dad and everything they just they just get somebody you know just a regular regular fan it's different coming from you yeah. i'm sure they they enjoyed it a little bit more for no question well sorry hey, sorry Petey asked me to go Petey asked me to go i just couldn't make it i said to Riv, i go hey you want to come to Concert tonight, they're unbelievable. He knows who they are. He goes, You couldn't pay me five grand to go to that concert. I said, Love our lady Pete. He goes, It's not the band, it's the crowd. It's the atmosphere, I can't, it's the, I can't atmosphere. Do the crowds. <laughs> I was just gonna say, That's not Riv's scene going through a lot of people, banging shoulders, getting bumped all over the place, having sweat smell all over him. He said, Fuck that, I could be at home listening to their stuff. Hundred percent. Do you know that about ribs? <laughs> I do know that about ribs. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. I do. Yes. yes. Well, thanks for I thanks for played, letting me. I only played. I only played one year with ribs, but I I feel that I've uh, I feel that I've um, learned a lot about him, and we we it was me, him, and Jumbo pretty much all the time, every trip. So uh, I was very very fortunate to learn a lot about ribs, and that's yeah. why I love him so much. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Speaking of speaking of. Speaking of ribs, because I know he's one of your favorites too. The fact that Jumbo is playing again this year in Florida and having a great time. Is there yeah. ever been, have you ever seen a teammate that is so beloved by every single 
person in a locker room or in an organization that you don't, I don't think there's one person that dislikes or doesn't think Joe Thornton is the best teammate they've ever had, or yeah. at least the most favorite teammate on the team. It's unbelievable. I and think it, you, it comes down to respect, you know, um, Jumbo and we all know Jumbo, he is a big kid and he loves to have fun. And when you're on the road, when you're at home, he's inviting guys over his, to his house for uh, Sunday football or, you know, any, any kid that comes into town that gets called up, Jumbo's like, oh, no, no, you're not eating at the hotel. You're going to come to my, you're going to come to my place. I'm going to feed you, blah, blah, blah. But when Jumbo, when it was time to play, you knew it. It the the switch went off. And I'm gonna tell you, it was he had a passion for the game and he wanted to succeed and he wanted the team to do well. And uh that's I what he I was respected. the kind of guy that would be doing yeah. the worm like five minutes before the game. No, he's I don't the guy, he, he, no, he's the guy, he's the guy that walks that walks through the, the locker room as much as he can naked. Just just to give the boys a, a laugh and a show. Come on, boys. Let's go. Time to go. Time to go. Time to win a hockey game. Come on, boys. Ah, oh, boys. Ah, oh, boys. Look at this body, boys. Come on. Look at it. Don't I look beautiful? Don't I look beautiful? Let's go. Time yeah. To hockey game. And he's the guy that shouldn't have been walking through the locker room naked. <laughs> but he loved it. Did you he has no like shame whatsoever. Did well, you ever listen, see the picture, I, uh, Jr. of Brent this, Burns? So, so the reason the reason I brought that up the reason I brought that up is because uh, he's on a team right now that has a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup, and wouldn't that be awesome to watch Joe Thornton after all the years of be, as good as he has been to finally win a Stanley Cup and making the right decision to go to Florida? I th- I've got my fingers crossed for that man. You think Florida's yeah, a absolutely. favorite to win the Cup this year? Hundred percent. Hmm. How can you not? How can you not? I mean, I, obviously with uh, what happened with them, with Quenville and everything, with the coaching staff, uh, they've had a couple losses since. But um, I still think that they are loaded. They, they are strong in every aspect of the, of, the, of the game. And, yeah, I would have to definitely put them as one of the top three contenders for sure. The absence of Quenville with all that talent doesn't, doesn't uh, I don't say worry you. I mean, I'm not sure if you're worried. But Riv's cousin plays on the team. Riv's cousin is Mac Weaker. So, I mean, Florida is a team that, that obviously, you know, we follow closely because yeah. of that. And I, I, I don't know. I, I thought after the Quenville exit and everything, I, I'm not, I just didn't know where this team could go, right? I mean, yeah. No, I think they are. Can I tell you, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. So, Petey is all over me. We're, you know, start to get some, uh, some current players, some older players, you know, do some interviews with these guys. And he's like, oh, you got to go get Jumbo got to go get Jumbo. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll get Jumbo. You know, I'll go, give him a shout and, you know, see if he's interested in coming on. So I give him a shout one night. And I'm like, hey, Jumbo, you know, I wonder if you would like to come on, uh, you know, a podcast. You know, we can do it. Uh, we got JR and, and, and myself and, and Andrew Peters. And we can just talk about your career and all that kind of stuff. And he writes me back and he's like, oh, Ribs, great to hear from you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, can't do it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, that's, 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 you know, that's interesting, but you know, totally understand. I say, oh, I, I get it. You know, this and that maybe, maybe another time, but uh, you know, you know, good luck in this stuff like that. I swear to God, Jr. 20 minutes later, 20 minutes later, Quenville steps down. Wow. wow. So now I'm thinking to myself, I phone Petey. I'm like, Petey. He's going to think that I knew that Quenville was stepping down, and that's the only reason I want him because, you know, he's <laughs> in Florida. Think, why do you think I yeah. asked you to get him when, he, when I did? Sure. No, it was sure. total, that's so wrong. And I'm like, oh, my, I, I feel sick. That, that, makes, I, you, that I makes you feel like shit. That makes you feel oh, like it's shit. terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Like, I'm trying to yeah. use Jumbo to talk about Quenville when I wasn't even thinking anything of this. So did I had to text, text him back. Him. Did, yeah. Did text him I, back? Yeah, I text him back, and he's just, yeah, yeah, not a good time right now. Did you, what so, did you say? Did you say I had, I had nothing to do with? I had drive? absolutely no idea what what was going on, and and would that would ever happen? Did you tell him that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you, you know? definitely don't want him thinking that you're taking advantage of his relationship of your. Yeah, relationship. exactly. That's Which that's is what, what you I were feel. doing by trying to get him on the podcast, you know, because of his popularity and everything. But you know, 
Yeah, but I mean, people would AJR, love to hear... you know a little bit about that, AJR. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, do I know a little bit about that. Um, Thanks yeah. for the five um, years of service, yeah. JR. Here's a hoodie. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Anyway, we'll get Jumbo on at some point and, uh, you know... When we get he, Jumbo on, we should ha- we got to have him on when you're on, JR. Like, 100%. Like, 100%. I mean, I, I, I couldn't imagine being on a... On a a podcast or inside a conversation like that right now. That'd be unbelievable. It'd be a fly on that wall. Jump, would be, uh, it, it JR would be riveting, riveting. That would be riveting podcast right there. No question. Hey, you know what we were going to call this podcast? Blown rivets. Cause Riv, Riv's last name, right? Like it looks like rivets. We're going to call it blown rivets. As, Did you as just I come up with that one? What's that? Come up with that one. Did you just come up with that one? Riv, was that legitimately one of the name options? It was. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good one i like that yeah I like that. uh yeah blown rivets here with uh with jr here's another one we thought of jr and it, it stays here if anyone ever uses it, it was kiss my ice i think your segment should be called kiss my ice wednesdays that's 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 a great one too that that would be right up my alley because, yeah you know i got i got into trouble well not trouble i couldn't say i shouldn't say that but uh people gave me shit for telling for telling everybody to kiss their ass during the uh the 2004 lockout Right, because everybody was blaming the player, play, blaming the players that it was our fault that we weren't playing. Like we can't go play. Don't you guys know that the owners are locking us out? Like we can't just go back in and start playing. The owners have to let us. So go blame them. Don't blame us. You could kiss my ass. You know, if you were going to blame the players. So you know. There you go. That's, that's my that's gift to you. That's ice. that's the ice. new that's okay. the new name of your book. Kiss my ice. Okay. No, might be might might be another uh, opportunity to start another show on on no filter. Kiss net. my ice, you can have it. Kiss my my ice. my gift. It. Just just remember Thank where you, you heard it. Uh, so, so so speaking of kiss my ice, um, Montreal Canadiens told Caulfield to kiss his ice and sent him down to the minors. What what happened here? Like, I don't know all about this kid, but you was mentioning something at the beginning of the show. I was shocked to hear that they sent him down this kid is an awesome hockey player so you're saying this could be more personal well, there's there's wise? some stuff going on here i mean i don't know like there's a picture of him on social media right now holding uh and i don't know how if they're photoshopped or not so you got to be careful but f- holding three uh scrabble pieces that spell out a homophobic slur uh starting with the letter f okay so that should spell that out for you He's, and that is in a picture circulating on social media right now. I don't know how much validation there is to the photo, but the, 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 the part that I was saying about Cole Caulfield that I said to you was his dad. So I guess he's playing in the minors. Okay. And I sent this to you, Riv, but his dad was, I guess, I don't know if he's trolling the internet or whatever, or, or checking out the internet, but the Utica comments or comments, uh, American League team was like, they tweeted something else saying, "Hey Cole Caulfield, are you here? We have the, the, we didn't see you the whole first period. You know what I mean? Because he was not playing, bro. He's invisible. So his dad complained. I wonder if I wonder if Eschi, Eschi threw that out there. You know, Robert Esch is, is the owner up there, up in Utica. Okay, go ahead. So Robert, you think Robert Esch might have wanted to throw that out there? Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. Out, it's not out of his personality. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well who, shitster. I love him. I love him. Yeah, but yeah. okay. So regardless, is that a, is that a, is that an offensive tweet? Um, I don't think ten years ago. Uh, I, I listen. I, I don't. I don't. Is that like, bullying? Um, is that is that social media bullying? Um, no. I think that's. To, to say, are you here? We haven't seen you. Oh, you're cut. First period. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what that's they what said. They said basically. That's, what that's basically what no, it is. No, that's called okay. gamesmanship. That's so called his, gamesmanship. That's not bullying. His father. Listen, I think the father right now is looking at his young son who has dominated the game of hockey at every single level for many years, whether it's at the national development program where he set records and then he went to Wisconsin and, 
you know, now he, he had uh, a really, really nice start with the Montreal Canadiens in the playoff run last year. And Cole Caulfield came in with insanely high expectations on him and started the season off in 10 games, had zero goals and one assist minus three. Mm-hmm. You know, Montreal, not liking the direction of their team, decides to say, hey, we're not winning this year, so why not send this kid down so he does not lose his confidence, go down, let him play, and go from there. And when I sit there and I listen to, you know, uh, you know, a dad is unhappy because his kid's getting bullied on social media, that is not a text to me that you're getting bullied. No. And what the hell is your dad even out there right now in the media? Well, yeah, he, I guess, so he, he, so the Utica comments have been warned by the AHL that those kinds of uh, comments are unnecessary. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. You should be, you should be flattered right now. Your dad that's sitting at home watching your son now play, watching your kid in the minors because he sucked up in the NHL for the first 10 games. You should be flattered that they're, they're targeting your son. And, and what, what was said was not, not bullying. You, you should be taking that going, my son's pretty damn good because they're, so, they're so targeting you, so what him. Supposed to do? So what are you supposed to do now when you're, when you're trying to smack talk in a hockey game? Do you go up and say, hmm, nice color skates? Hmm, oh, oh, you look, you look kind of weird with a long stick. Ooh, um, that's a weird looking helmet that you're wearing or, you know, say something about somebody's mother anymore. Like they used to do all the time back in the nineties. Um, <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, all these, all these that are running around because they can't stand, um, the fact of maybe hurting somebody's feelings, especially a professional athlete who is going to make millions of dollars. And I agree with you, Riv. If if that if I was Cole Caulfield, I'd tell my dad, if I ever see you on social media again, I'm gonna kick your ass. He just made Cole so, Caulfield's life a whole lot harder in the NHL. Oh my God. So absolutely one hundred percent. But you know what? <laughs> Grow a set. The fact that the AHL had the audacity to say, let's not do this, boys. Let's not let's not anger somebody. Let's not try to let's not play those games. Like, fuck off. It's sports, and you got to love that. You have to love that back and forth. That's what people love to see. They love to see people uh, nitpicking at people, uh, grinding people, um, you know, doing anything they can to say that my team's better than yours. What are we all like? No, read the, we all don't read the along. comments again, Petey. We all don't read get the along. comments. We all don't get along. Like which so, which comments? Uh, read the uh, comment that the Utica comments. Oh, so the the actual so I gotta I gotta pull it up here. Like basically, where is it? I think I sent it to here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Yo, yo, at Cole Caulfield, are you here? Everyone keeps saying you're here, but we haven't noticed. Did you not play the first period? I think that's, that's hysterical. Great. That's great. That's great gamemanship. That's awesome. <laughs> and like, what is that bullying? What bullying? the hell? That's not. That's not. That, like the fact that anybody would even think that that's bullying is beyond beyond the wussification of of all types of conversation. All types. I, so Paul like, Caulfield what, what, is his father. Oh, no, they should have said they just they should. What are they going to say? Hey, Cole Caulfield, welcome to Utica. I hope you beat us really bad tonight because you're a great player. Is that what they want him to say? What a crock of shit. <laughs> All right. Do you, JR, do you like the idea of what Montreal has done? Like right now, they're 14 games into the season. They're 13, they're three, 10 and one. You know, they, they are second worst in the league. Okay. Why would you want Caulfield to be in that environment where he can go down, play a lot more minutes and have maybe some relief from yeah. the environment in Montreal. Cause we all know, like yeah. I know more, I know better than anybody that yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, when you go to the Stanley cup finals and then the next year you're last in the Sorry. league, I know yeah. they lost a number of players. I, I get it. You know, Carrie price and, 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 and Price's Weber. Job. And yeah. Yeah. 
you know, Philip Deneau and they, they traded away and didn't sign guys. And listen, I mean, they're, they're a transition team. That yeah. being said, I like the idea of what they're doing with Caulfield, because if he is yeah. not ready to take a bigger role on the team, there's no need to have him find his way in the NHL today. All right. Well, this is my, this, this is, I, I, I agree with you. I don't have a big problem with it. Um, you definitely don't want a kid to get frustrated, um, not play well, um, lose games. There's no question about that. But this is where I have found that the worst part of being in the National Hockey League is the lack of communication on how things are done. Okay? If they turned around and said, and they said the right things to Cole and said, you know, this is why we're bring, we're, we're throw, this is why we're bringing you down. This is why it's happening. We're going to do it for this amount of time. It's not nothing personal, nothing against the type of player you are, but we're trying to protect you. Don't look at this as you know we're we're yeah. disappointed in you, and make them feel confident about going down and playing. Because if they just say you're going down, going to the minors, you know we'll call you when you come back up. That could be more detrimental to a young player than than anything so it's the communication where the national hockey league and especially gms and and management a lot of times are terrible terrible communicators i just hope that the communication was right and i would think bergevin being you know the type of teammate that he was and is would handle that properly and i'm i'm giving him the benefit of doubt hopefully he did how about yeah. what uh, – did you read Carey Price's statement about what he's been going through with substance abuse and stuff and treatment? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, I don't know Carey very well. I've met him a few times. Seems like a really good guy. I, I think he's probably one, been one of the best goaltenders in the game for many, many years. And he never – I'm not going to sit there and, and ever question somebody that is dealing with something, whether it's mental illness or whether it's drugs. Or, the fact that he had the, the – the balls to say okay i gotta go get help and i respect the shit out of him i've respected him for a long time many people don't like carrie price for they think he's arrogant or he's cocky or whatever i think he's a hell of a goaltender and i i just hope that he's okay mentally and he can come back and 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 help montreal he's a really good guy does he does he have to come out and say this? I mean, I, I appreciate the honesty. We live in a more honest world now with people talking about <clears throat> things they deal with. Uh, JR, we just did a – our episode nine was uh, probably one of the most emotional conversations I've had with athletes in a long time. We had Brent Sopel on, and we talked about his addiction mm. and his trip to rehab and yeah. why he's doing what he's doing right now for Kyle Beach. And I – and I don't, I don't want to go too far that way, and we can, but I just, for now, like, does Carey Price owe us this? I mean, is this, is this him saying, leave me alone? This is, this is just, is this so that he doesn't have to ever talk about it or, or answer to it again, you know, when the time you know, comes? I think, or is... I, it's a good question. I think, I, think the, I think people love the honesty. I really do. And I do think it will stop or at least slow down the conversation because – I think he that's said, important. Listen, yeah, stop the conversation. Be honest. Let everybody know why, what he's going through, why. And there will be a lot of people who will be um, very, you know, very appreciative of that and, and, and really give him the benefit of the doubt and, and give him a pass and say, okay, way to go. Thanks for telling us. We hope you're better. End of story. So I think he, he, put a, he nipped it in the bud, and I don't think people are going to hash on it too much longer because he was honest. So good for him. Yeah. The goal, you know, he, he made a statement through, uh, through the Canadians and, and also posted it on his Instagram and, you know, talked about, uh, you know, talked about substance abuse and things like that. And, you know, he had said that uh, over the last few years, I have let myself get to a very dark place and I didn't have the tools to cope with that struggle. And I think that's important. Uh, I, I'm really happy that he was able to come out because like you said, JR, I think Kerry Car Price has been arguably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League the last consistently. 12 years. Consistently. Consistently, consistently. yeah. yeah. Um, and he's an extremely, extremely high-profile player in the National Hockey League. And when you have, 
you know, a player like him that kind of steps away and all of a sudden people don't know and not that it's any of their business. Um, but you know, with him coming out with this statement, just kind of um, describing what he is going through and, and why he is going to go into treatment. I think it's important. Number one, it gives relief to everybody under, wanting to know what the hell is going on with them. That's number one. And now it kind of like people can take a step back and allow him to do what he has to do to get better and get the treatment that he needs. The other thing that I think is extremely important and I find very courageous for Carey Price is it allows other people to look at this superhuman character. Um, and now all of a sudden people know that, you know, people with lots of money, people that are, that are famous and have all this, they struggle with the same things that everybody else does. And I think that this statement and what he is going through right now is going to help a lot of people maybe come to terms with some things that they're dealing with. And you know, it's the same thing. I totally agree. It's the same. I think I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's the same thing as, as the football player coming out and, and say, telling everybody that he's gay. Do you know how many kids that probably saved are people that are battling with the fact that they are, that they are gay and some that could have um, committed suicide, but they say, Hey, there's a big football player here that has the same thing that I'm going through. And he has the gall to come out and, and tell it and say it. That is so therapeutic for so many people. Yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. And if you look at it another way, it could be another way of his healing because he's now come out and he has, um, he has made himself accountable to everyone. Yeah. And the first thing, the first thing with a problem is identifying the problem, knowing that you have a problem, admitting you have a problem, but he admitted it now to the world. So now all the world is watching him and that could be a part of his, of his healing process that now he's accountable for his actions that everybody knows about it. That's a brave thing to do, man. That's yeah. Carl Nassib and, and arguably the toughest sport in the world. I mean, you know, you know, coming out and saying that, I mean, you think about how many football players and athletes that were on teams that were afraid to be in a locker room and expose that secret, uh, you know, back in the day, like how many players have had that. I, I, I can't imagine that secret. I, I really can't. I mean, a lot of people would be like, I can only imagine. No, well, you can't imagine because, you know, that's an environment where, you know, back, it was, you know, only until recently was it ever truly being accepted in a locker room. Right. I mean, let's be honest. So, yeah. So you're right. I mean, I think, it, don't you don't you think hockey would probably be the the best the best sport for accepting, um, you know these uh, these situations or you know different people's well, personalities. There, I, I, I know what, I know what, I know what you're saying. Like uh, maybe today, Jr. Maybe yeah. today, but I would say I would not agree with you back when when I started to come into the league yeah, in, in in the mid '90s. In the mid '90s. Are you kidding me? That would be detrimental to you as a person to come out back then because it was not accepted the same way as what it is now. Yeah, totally you agree. know, to be, I totally uh, you know, I mean, you, you look at the people come out now, there's much more support and, and acceptance of people that, of, of, you know, whatever, whether they're, they're gay or, or, or whatever it is, you know, I mean, I think people accept it more. We're in a different, yeah, we're in a different thought process. And, and you know what? It's a much uh, better situation to be in. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I, well, that, and listen, listen, that's not just hockey either. That's, that's, that's all sports. I mean, that's football, basketball, baseball, any, any sport. I mean, you know, but yeah. I, th I think I think you guys are right, Jr. You were bang on when you said that about Carl Nassim about speaking up and and yeah. talking about yeah. it, right, and being open. Yeah, um, I think it's great. I think it's great. Did you hear about Bob Murray? I did. I did. I read about it this morning. It doesn't surprise me. Well, uh, oh, it does. I've I've I haven't heard. I've I. It's easy to pile on a so, guy now, but so I, let me I, let me let me if you want to if you want to open it up and, and kind of. Um, we don't know much about it because right. they're, they're keeping it under wraps. Um, maybe if you just, if you want to tell everybody what's going on, ask me the question because workplace misconduct, my, my, worst workplace misconduct. He's been put on leave 
Uh, it doesn't, it sounds like there's an investigation going on internally. It doesn't sound good. He doesn't sound popular. People are, you know, Greg Wyshynski tweeted out today something from a, uh, a person behind the scenes, basically a person in the game that he's talking about where he says, uh, text from longtime NHL team exec about Ducks GM Bob Murray. His managerial style has always been negativity and adds uh, colorfully, he's an asshole and got caught. Now, you've known him for a long okay. time. I okay. mean, well, hold on here. I'm just going to, you know, to, to kind of give a little resume for, for Bob Murray. Third longest uh, um, tenured uh, GM in the National Hockey League right now. Played 15 years in the NHL himself, all with the Chicago Blackhawks. He was the senior vice president with the Ducks when the team won the Stanley Cup in 2007. He was named NHL's GM of the year in 2014 and uh, reached playoffs nine of 11 years uh, as a GM. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he is certainly um, accomplished in, in, in areas of the game, but he is certainly uh, uh, maybe an old, older school type, uh, type of guy, but uh, certainly has uh, ruffled some feathers because there's accusations yep. of uh, improper professional conduct. Yep. Well, listen, this does not surprise me at all. Number one, I've known Bob Murray for a long time. We have a lot of history. Bob Murray is specifically, um, it is him. He specifically changed my, my hockey career forever in 1996. So Bob Murray was the general manager that traded me from Chicago to Phoenix in 1996, which was an uproar in Chicago. Um, So I I always hold that against Bob Murray, that he was the one that traded me from Chicago, um, because that was always the the question in my career. You know, why did you get traded from Chicago? What would happen if you didn't get traded from Chicago? What if you played your whole career there? You know, arguably one of the worst trades in Chicago Blackhawks history. I mean, this is what people say. And Bob Murray was responsible for that. Um, so I, back then, it was a different mentality. And you know, Riv, because you just what you were just saying about the late 80s, early 90s, it was a very different mentality. It was in your face. The Chicago Blackhawks, we would scream in the locker room. We would yell at each other. There would not be a practice where there wasn't a fight, a skirmish, um, it was just the mentality. And Bob Murray was one of those guys that was an old school mentality hockey mind. And he's, he's like a kind of a curmudgeon, right? He's just always looks like he's mad and doesn't look like he's happy all the time. And he's it just doesn't seem satisfied with anything. Very smart hockey man. But I can see him um, yelling, screaming, threatening, telling people, you know, telling people who has the power, telling them if you don't do this, you're going to be shipped out, um, control. Abuse of power, threatening. Well, he's, listen, Yeah, and you can't do that anymore. Like, I would like to know, I would like to know what players, um, if they were players or people that were in the management, I'd like to know who brought this, brought this out and made those, made those accusations and started this whole thing. Because, there again there are other those are pajama boys too can't handle it can't can't handle somebody yelling at them can't handle the pressure can't handle uh being getting abused verbally we i used to get abused verbally all the time all i still get abused verbally all the time you know so i now i have i i, I you said know the- how many, you know how much money you know how much money i can make right now going out and suing all the people that verbally abuse me and to say certain things, I, I'd be one of the richest men in the world. So I would love to know the people that started this accusation and started this investigation on Bob Murray. Is Bob Murray uh, not today's typical type of personality for the National Hockey League? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the National Hockey League and a lot of sports are getting rid of those kind of mentalities, and he's going to be the next victim of it. But well, you know what? Right. There's two ways of looking at it, right, Jr. I mean, back when he was, you know, 
GM back in the 2000s and, and part of those teams. You know, he, he grew up in an environment playing in the National Hockey League in, in, in the mid-70s and into almost like 1990 is when he retired. Um, then got into um, coaching or, or uh, you know, senior advisor or vice president and then GM. The problem is he's 66 years old and his ways of doing things have not evolved. Okay. You cannot go and say the things to the people that you work with in the offices today that you used to be able to say 15 years ago. Things have changed. Yeah. So it, it, it's not, it doesn't you say. You may not like, you may not like it, but. It, I, I don't, I don't really give a shit to tell you the truth. I'm not anywhere associated with the National Hockey League, so I don't give a shit what they, what they do. I have opinions about everything. Um, I think people are too soft these days. That's just my opinion. And I know it's different times. You have to be careful about what you say and what you do. And, and you know, you have to coddle people more. And that's why I said Bob Murray is not going to be, uh, he's not going to be in this league very much longer because it's, it's his style doesn't, is, is not of the times. Now, granted, it's, it doesn't suck. Yeah. But it's good. It's not the first time it's going to happen, and it's not going to be the last time. So it it says the lack of surprise from sources about Bob Murray being placed on leave and being investigated is jarring. Um, it it doesn't say anything about sexual misconduct. It just says it says professional uh, workplace yeah. misconduct. So I mean, it's probably the way he spoke to someone in the office. There's no question about it, and I I don't have any idea. I'm just throwing complete you know something at the wall uh, I, but I, to- uh, I, I totally agree with you totally agree it's, with you. it's probably Listen, just uh, when you the way he murray, speaks when, when you talk to bob murray there's there's a tone there's uh an aura how you feel it's different than like how we how you talk to jumbo and the feeling how you feel when you talk to jumbo it's a different mentality it's a different sound it's a different tone and it's, I, I know it's a tone that a lot of people would feel threatened, not threatened in, oh my God, he's going to beat me up, but threatened that this guy has power over my career. And that's for sure how Bob Murray has run his, his ship. And unfortunately, those ships aren't made anymore. And that ship has sailed. There's another ship that has sailed. It's the Jack Eichel ship. We'll wrap this up with you on the Eichel conversation. We've beaten this horse to death, and uh, we haven't spoken to you about it. I'm not sure if you know this, humble brag, by the way, but I broke the news, AJR. I'm not sure if you caught that or not, or not but it was like 7, 7.15 in the morning. Love it. boy. Yeah. You know, early rise, early rise got the worm. Um, what would you think of the deal? You know, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good for both teams. Um, I love Tuck. I don't know if you guys watch this kid at all. I, I think this kid is a, is a stud, and you're going to see some great things from him. Um, I, I think the question how Jack's going to come back from this from this surgery, did, did Vegas take a chance? Yeah. But if he comes back healthy, the Jack I go healthy, um, there's going to be a lot of happy fans in Vegas. And I think that team is again, going to improve even more than they already are. Um, I, I thought it was a good deal for both teams. What would you say to a former player, or former analyst that said Tuck is a second, third liner at best? Yeah, he's a second liner. I think he's a second liner. Um, depending on the team that he's on. I've, I've watched, I've watched him a lot and I've seen him do things and play at a level now, now that he's in a trade like this, a lot of people are going to be watching him more. Uh, he's going to be under the gun a lot more in Buffalo than he was in Vegas in terms of the people that are watching him, the media. Uh, he's got to raise his level more consistently than he did in Vegas and stay healthy. But I'm telling you what, when this kid is going, he's a beast. He's fast. He's strong. He can score goals. He's smart. Um, it's, it's his consistency that he, he's got he's to work on. But he's a kid, and hopefully he finds a way to do that. And Buffalo will enjoy watching this kid. Your shirt says never drinking again. Is that because you're, you're going sober, or is that because you drank too much last night and you're feeling it today? Oh, well, on, well <laughs> it's, it's like an everyday comment, but on the back 
it says it says by the way get me a beer so that's how that's that's how long it lasts from the time that you read it on the front to the time you read it on the back that's how long that 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 comment lasts Riv, do we have time for the uh chipotle story with them you think or no 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 you gotta, save, gotta save that save, we got you gotta save, save that for for geo because Geo is the one that uh, kind of we were we were discussing that the other day. So the next episode we got a Petey's got an unbelievable Chipotle story. It's it's it only these things only happen to Petey, right? So I got a picture of it and everything. I, I you got to stay tuned for that one. Oh, and, and you're okay, in Arizona, and I think Chipotle started in Scottsdale, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah, yes, it did. There's actually yeah. one. I can see one. I can see one right there. Right there. I might actually go get myself a, a little chicken bowl right now. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.